Capital Market Insights from ICMA. Hello. Welcome to the Zigma podcast, where we'll be talking about the UK's plans for primary bond markets regulation post-Brexit. I am Rory Ewing, and I've been covering the primary markets at ICMA since 2007, where I am the secretary to the ICMA Primary Market Praxis Committee, which gathers syndicate staff from member firms underwriting cross-border syndicated bond issues in the EMEA region. Joining me on this podcast is my colleague, Charlotte Bellamy. Thank you, Rory. I'm Charlotte Bellamy, and I've been with ICMA since 2013, also supporting ICMA's underwriter community as secretary to ICMA's Legal and Documentation Committee. As Rory mentioned, we will cover the recent UK government and FCA consultations relating to primary bond markets regulation on this podcast, of which there have been quite a few recently. Indeed, so many that it's almost hard to know where to start. But let's kick off with the prospectus regulation and PRIPS regulation and pick up on some of the other ones after that. Yes, we should also probably start with the context for these consultations too, which essentially is the post-Brexit landscape. Since the post-Brexit transition period ended at the end of last year, the UK government has indicated that this is a new chapter for financial services, where the UK government and regulators can take an approach more suited to the UK's markets, with the key words being agile and dynamic. Agile and dynamic regulation is to be welcomed, and examples of successful regulation are helpful to other regulators. But one needs to ensure that UK rules continue to operate in a way that allows efficient cross-border access to capital markets. Adopting rules that are more stringent than in other jurisdictions, or even just more complicated to interpret, have the potential to bring friction and to balkanize funding options for real economy borrowers. In this respect, and as ever with any regulatory developments, one is mindful that even substantively neutral changes may still involve a regulatory cost of change. Yes, that is a key concern for ICMA members. Another contextual point to note is that this drive for ensuring that the UK's financial services markets remain front and centre of the global stage seems to be quite focused on equity markets. And this seems clear from the focus of some of the consultation papers we've seen this summer. Clearly, equity markets are very important and maintaining London's status as a centre for IPOs is an understandable government priority. However, the bond markets are also important. Indeed. One frequent assumption is that debt markets operate like equity markets and that equity rules will work for debt. This isn't true. One needs to check that rules designed for shares will also work for bonds, which is one of the central or underpinning messages in some of our consultation responses. That leads us on to talk about the various consultations. Charlotte, perhaps you can give a quick overview of the prospectus regulation consultation? Sure. The UK prospectus regulation consultation was an HM Treasury consultation launched in July. It followed Lord Hill's listing review that took place at the end of last year, beginning of this year. As we mentioned, the core focus and drive for change seems to be centred around the UK's equity capital markets and listing of shares on the London Stock Exchange. 
In some ways, this is not surprising given the wholesale bond markets are currently functioning reasonably efficiently and effectively under the current regulatory regime. However, as you pointed out, Rory, our members' key concern is that any changes that are made to the UK prospectus regime that are driven by the needs of the equity capital markets should be either unambiguously neutral or positive for the debt capital markets. A key proposal to highlight is a structural change to the UK prospectus regulation that would separate the prospectus regime for admission to trading from the prospectus regime for public offers. For the largely wholesale international bond markets, the proposed new admission to trading regime will be particularly important. A striking change in this is the degree of discretion that will be given to the FCA to set rules for this regime, rather than having very detailed requirements set out in primary legislation, as is currently the case. Now that shift away from prescriptive primary legislation and towards FCA rulemaking is intended to create that more flexible, agile regime, which, as we mentioned, is anticipated to be a general trend in the UK's post-Brexit financial services regulation. And Charlotte, could you mention some of the key points in ICMA's response to the prospectus consultation? Sure. ICMA's response highlighted our members' overarching concern that we pointed out at the beginning of this podcast, i.e. to ensure that the currently well-functioning pan-European primary wholesale bond market is not disrupted or subjected to unnecessary additional or disproportionate costs. So whilst HM Treasury's proposed approach does not give rise to these concerns immediately, much will depend on the precise approach taken on two aspects. First, the exemptions from the public offer regime, and second, the approach taken in relation to wholesale disclosure for bonds admitted to trading on UK markets. Now on the first point, the exemptions from the public offer regime, the key there is to ensure that bond issuers can continue to issue wholesale bonds on a pan-European basis, i.e. both the EU and the UK, with minimal or no additional burdens. And to achieve this, the exemptions under the UK regime either need to match or be looser than the EU regime. On the second point, the future of the wholesale disclosure regime, this will be for the FCA to decide in due course. One point to mention now is the importance of the wholesale disclosure regime, which includes an exemption from the summary requirements in the bond market. There is a long running debate on the 100,000 euro minimum denomination basis for this regime, which we outline in our consultation response. But the headline really is that we don't want to see retail disclosure standards rolled out across the piece, which would increase burdens for the majority of international bond issuers. So it sounds like there is more to come on this one, in particular from the FCA in due course. Yes, indeed. That's what we are expecting. And we will be watching and monitoring for developments in this space. So let's move on to talk about the consultation on another key piece of regulation for primary bond markets, the PRIPS regulation. Rory, could you tell us what's being proposed there? Well, the FCA is proposing three main things, really, and all to help retail markets apply. 
bearing in mind that many have avoided retail offerings for fear of PRIPS complications. First, the FCA is proposing to clarify the scope of packaged products covered by the regime, the initial P in PRIPS. Second, the FCA is also proposing to clarify the retail scope of the regime, the R in PRIPS. And third, the FCA is proposing to improve some of the mandatory content of the PRIPS key information document, or KID. But I have not looked at that, as conceptual concerns with the KID's purpose mean KID's are not produced in our mainstream vanilla bond space. Now, broadly speaking about the product scope aspect, the FCA is suggesting that issuer risk exposure is not in-scope packaging, but with two provisos. First, there must be no exposure to other assets or references, except interest rates. And second, there must be no modifications other than certain specified neutral features. This all gets quite technical rather quickly, but it basically seems to be formalizing in a binding way much of the 2019 guidance put out by the three ESAs, the European Supervisory Authorities. This was informal and could not be legally relied on. And broadly speaking on the retail scope aspect, the FCA is suggesting that it will consider products to not have been made available to retail where three conditions are all satisfied. First, the marketing documents are clear the products are for professionals and not retail. Second, reasonable steps are taken to direct marketing to professionals. And third, there is a minimum denomination of £100,000 sterling or equivalent. Okay, and what about the ICMA response? Our response welcomes the formalization of the product scope guidance, but it notes several significant remaining gaps and inconsistencies in the FCA's proposed list of neutral features that won't make a product packaged. Incidentally, in this respect, there is arguably intrinsic risk of missing something out when looking at product scope from a granular perspective of individual features rather than taking a more conceptual approach. Regarding the retail availability guidance, the response notes that having the three cumulative conditions is excessive. One can contrast here the UK prospectus regime that has minimum denominations and professionals only marketing as alternative exemptions. We mentioned that the calibration of the minimum denomination should also align to the outcome of the UK prospectus review that you are working on. Lastly, the response reminds that selling by unknown third parties to retail investors is anyway illegal in the absence of a kid and should not cause a bond issuer to breach the PRIPS requirements. So that covers the two consultations on specific individual pieces of regulation, but there have also been more general consultations that we should mention. Yes, let's start with the wholesale markets review because that has an indirect link to the PRIPS and prospectus consultations we were just discussing. Can you please mention the primary markets aspects of that one, Rory? Sure. Notwithstanding its name, this review includes a few questions on retail markets, mainly querying what could be done to improve retail supply. Our response mainly flags regulatory obstacles, including the prospectus, PRIPS and MIFID product governance regimes and that bond issuers have consequently got used to not needing retail investors. Having interest rates around zero has not helped either in terms of interesting retail investors in blue chip debt. So removing the regulatory obstacles would be necessary to revive retail bond markets, 
but not sufficient of itself. So this is clearly an area to watch on both the UK and EU fronts, in particular from the EU under the revised CMU action plan? Correct. Though not covering it on this podcast, we are indeed engaging on questions relating to the development of EU retail markets and responded this summer to a European Commission consultation on that. But Charlotte, sticking to our topic for this podcast regarding the UK, do you want to mention the remaining consultations, please? Yes, uh, I think there are three more to mention briefly. First, the FCA consultation on climate-related disclosures and other ESG topics. Second, the FCA primary markets effectiveness review. And third, a short HM Treasury consultation on a power to block listings on national security grounds. So starting with the FCA consultation on climate-related disclosures and other ESG topics, ICMA's response was prepared by staff from across ICMA's sustainable finance, primary and buy side teams led by the sustainable finance team. Very briefly, we focused on the debt related aspects of this consultation. So on a question about the extension of a comply or explain listing rule for TCFD disclosures to issuers of London listed debt, ICMA acknowledged the importance of TCFD disclosures generally, but agreed with the FCA that there are some specific considerations in relation to the extension of the rule to debt issuers. On the questions related to use of proceeds bonds, ICMA welcomed a dialogue with the FCA on recognition of the green and social bond principles and supervision of second party opinion providers and verifiers but we queried the need for a UK green bond standard, changes to the UK prospectus regulation, or other more ambitious measures, such as requiring the central elements of use of proceeds bonds to be contractual in nature and set out in the prospectus. It sounds like those topics could have a podcast or podcasts of their own. Yes, absolutely. There was a lot in that consultation and our response is available online for those who want to read it. And we are staying in touch with the FCA on those topics. Okay. And how about the other two consultations you mentioned? Yes, the FCA Primary Markets Effectiveness Review and the UK Government Consultation on a Power to Block Listings on National Security Grounds. So taking the FCA Primary Markets Effectiveness Review first, this was mainly equity focused, but it did include a discussion on the UK listings regime that is relevant for debt market participants. So we're actually not aware of any particular concerns or issues with the current structure of the UK listing framework for debt securities. And our response echoed one of the general themes that we mentioned briefly at the start of this podcast, namely about the need to remember debt markets when making any equity-driven changes to uh, the regime. We also suggested that the FCA could look at streamlining the rule books for admission to trading and admission to the official list. On the second consultation about a power to block listings on national security grounds, we put in a short response agreeing that this power doesn't need to extend to listings of debt securities with some associated rationale. All in all, there is quite a lot for market participants to keep track of, and we hope this podcast will have helped listeners make a bit more sense of it all.
Indeed, there's a lot to come on the UK side of things. And of course, we're still engaged on the EU side too. For those who like a written format, we will be publishing articles on all these topics in our next quarterly report, which is due out in the coming weeks. And as always, you can also contact Rory or me with any queries and our details can be found on the ICMA website. Thank you for listening. Thank you indeed for listening. Thank you for listening. For more ICMA podcasts and further information on capital markets, please visit our website, icmagroup.org.